Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Back here for another edition of Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey here to talk investing, finance, and retirement, and some top tax questions for retirees in 2023. Retirement can come with lots of questions and tax concerns and so on and so forth. So we're going to run through a few items today on today's show. And of course, you always want to follow up and talk with a qualified tax professional, but we want to give some things to think about to bring up with your financial advisor, uh, or if you're working with Matt, or if not, or whatever the case is, or to talk with Matt about. And also really just the fact that, you know, as we get closer to retirement, maybe a tax or a uh, financial team is a good idea. Having a financial advisor and a CPA could be something worthwhile as well. Matt, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hi, Mark. We're just skating through February here. I know, uh, right? Mid-February the, already. We're finally hitting some cold, colder temperatures and some snow on the ground. It's been kind of warm through January, strangely, up here. So, But um, no, I as I say, we're skating. My son is actually taking skating classes, learn to skate. Nice. And then there's learn to hockey if you want to do that too. But um, I, I just thought... Hey, what's what? Have you ever learned to skate? And if so, you know, do you remember the process that you went through? I mean, and it kind of re- was reminding me about you know using an advisor. Um, learning to skate on your own is quite difficult, but I learned to skate on my own when I was you know back pay- playing pond hockey. Um, but it's really interesting to listen to the instructors of a class on learning to skate. Yeah. There's some pretty pretty cool tips and techniques that you know even just from falling down. How do you get up? Right. <laughs> uh, and so the value of advice, um, I was just thinking, well, this this is a good topic for us to talk about leaning on uh, professionals because taxes are one of the most frustrating things I find that people yeah. have to deal with. Yep. And they have a lot of questions when it surrounds taxes and deductions and um, tax deferred accounts versus taxable accounts. And uh, I find myself answering a lot of those questions along with you know, referring them to CPAs mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for, for certain things that they do. That's a so, good point. Uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, hopefully it's kind of like learning to skate. Maybe we can add something to your repertoire of uh, what you already know about taxes. Yeah, how to get back up if you fall down. There you go. All yeah. right, so let's do the first one. So we'll get into some of these. What are the tax implications of withdrawing money from retirement accounts? To your point, you just kind of touched on that. So what are some of, some of, the, some of the implications to ponder? Well, that's a good question. Um, so tax implications, withdrawing from our retirement accounts does affect all of our other income because we're going to assume for our first example here that we're taking money out of our IRA or our 401k. When we put the money in, we took a tax deduction. Um, that means we got to deduct that from our income. Therefore, we paid less taxes by putting that money away in our earlier years. Um we were hoping when we did that, that we're going to be in a lower tax bracket at retirement because when that money comes out now, it's going to be added to our taxable income. So tax implications of that are you're going to pay income tax. Um, if you're in a state that taxes your income as well, you pay federal and state taxes on the money coming out of those retirement accounts. Uh, tax implications of that, will those will eventually can affect your social security payments. So when we start out, if you're Married, filing jointly, and you, you know, your income is under thirty-two thousand. You don't pay any tax on your social security benefits, which is nice. Uh, if you have income from thirty-two to forty-four thousand, your half of my social security benefit every month is now taxable. And then if I in, have income, married, filing jointly, over forty-four thousand, eighty-five percent of our social security benefits become taxable. So, withdrawing from taxable retirement accounts. 
uh, does impact our social security. We can also have tax-free money coming from a Roth, which does not impact our social security in the same way. So okay. there are implications and how you receive your money and when you receive your money, you definitely want to talk with us. And um, we want to kind of create a mock income scenario so that we can verify the best way to pull money out of your retirement accounts when it's time to take that money. Well, you, you mentioned number two, so touch on that a little bit for me, which is social security benefits. Can they be taxed or will they be taxed? And some people still don't realize that it is possible. Oh, yes. Thankfully, we live in a, a society that's, you know, a lot of people are prosperous. I mean, we, I think... Uh, I really thought you were going to say we live in a society where we get taxed a lot. I was like, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do get taxed a lot, too. But um, with the prosperity comes some responsibility, too. And um, so will our Social Security benefits be taxed? Um, not entirely. Uh, if you are single and you make less than $25,000 a year during retirement, then you won't pay any tax on your Social Security. Again, I just gave that statistic. If you're married, filing jointly and have income of uh, $32,000 a year that goes into that calculation, then you won't pay any tax on your social security benefits. Yeah. However, there are two grades. I won't give the income numbers, but if you're single and if you're married, you can pay up to 50% tax or excuse me, 50% of the benefit could be taxable mm-hmm. or 85% of the benefit could be taxable yeah, depending up, up on how to. much income that you yep. make. So yep. uh, double, double um, income married couple, um, if, if they both have pensions and social security, there's a very good chance you're going to pay the highest tax. 85% of your benefit of, for social security will be taxed. Yeah. And it um, just, just to kind of clarify folks, they, yeah, they, we hear that and we panic. It's up to 85, right, Matt? And yeah, it's the on, tax rate is not 85. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause somebody's like, Oh my God. Yeah. No. So 85% of your benefit yeah. or 50% of your benefit could be taxable, could be, right. but it depends on your income. So okay. One of the benefits of having a higher uh, or paying taxes is, means that you have a higher income, and um, so I guess I guess if you have to be thankful for something, that's what well, you're there you go. Or you have a good income. There you go. All right, next one. Uh, how does the Secure Act affect my retirement income and taxes? Well, we just talked about some changes to that on the prior podcast earlier this month, Matt. And one of the places that it might do that uh, is through you know the. Uh, the extenuation of the RMD age, right? So it's going to allow that money to grow even more, which could make your taxable bill higher when you have to go do those RMDs. Yeah. Um, the SECURE Act can can definitely, um, when we do the RMDs, if our if our accounts have grown, you know, if they scale back that retire, required distribution age, mm-hmm. naturally, that's going to let your accounts grow a little bit more before you have to take money out, which can cause you to be in a higher tax situation when yeah. you do have to pull money out. Um, however, the Secure Act also, you know, does allow us to. It does roll that age back, so we will have, we won't have to take money out. We won't be forced to take money out of our pre-tax accounts uh, for a longer period of time. So, gives you some time um, for planning, I suppose. It gives you time to plan, and if you don't need the income, you can stay in a lower tax situation for longer. Now that the re- retirement age or the required minimum distribution age is rolling back. So eventually that's going to hit 75. And uh, 
who knows? There could be changes in the future. They may make it farther. And we'll talk about a way to uh, you know be tax efficient with that in just a second. Let's do the next one on my list, though. Uh, tax changes. How might tax changes by moving to another state affect me? Uh, and many people, we've, we saw this, man. Over the last couple of years, for example, I'll just use the big one in the news, like people fleeing California, right, to avoid the really high taxes, going places like Florida or Texas or Tennessee or even just snowbirds. They go to Florida for the weather, but they also go for the you know, for the income tax. Yes, they do. Um, so we, we saw with, with the COVID and the lockdowns that happened in, in different states, um, some of the changes that were happening, uh, a lot of people decided to up and leave their state. Um, what does that mean for states? You know, less taxable income. Um, but for the person that is choosing to move somewhere else, you know, let this be one of the, one of the thoughts that cross your mind. What, what is the income tax for the state that I'm moving to? A lot of this happens because, you know, your kids move somewhere and you want to be close to them or close to your grandkids. So right. you move there. But if you're if you don't have the kids or grandkids and you're just moving in and in, in changing the climate, um, definitely pay attention to some of those states that have zero state income tax. Um, this will help your money last longer. It'll go farther in terms of your monthly expenses. And um, we recently had some folks that moved out of Michigan to another state. So they dropped a percent off of their taxable income. But anybody that moves to like a, a no tax state like Florida or Tennessee or uh, one of these, you know, you, you that can save you four and four and a quarter percent if you're living in Michigan here or even higher living in yeah California or some other states. So yeah, it can add up to uh, not only just a, a breath of fresh air not having to pay taxes on that income to the state, but also it'll allow your money to grow longer and last longer. There you go. All right. So we mentioned some ways to be tax efficient, tax benefits of charitable contributions. Now, you still got to think about the tax deduction, the things that we're all under right now with the new tax code. So they're still pretty high to meet. But, you know, maybe what's something to do with those RMDs is something like a QCD. I know I'm throwing out a lot of jargon here, but that might be something that could help <laughs> you uh, look for taxable benefits with charitable situations. We want people that listen to this podcast to know what you're talking about. What's this RMD QCD stuff? Well, tell us what um, it no, is. <laughs> I'm going to define it. <laughs> um, yeah. So what, what happens is um, to our tax benefits, since the tax code changed a few years ago, most people don't give away enough money to take a standard deduction for their taxes. Um, so the standard, in other words, the standard deduction is much higher than what we used to itemize for charitable contributions. So one way that you can still take advantage of that is either give away a larger chunk through an analysis on your income. But what we find happening in most cases is people that have to take out those required minimum distributions. Um, if, if you're taking RMDs, required minimum distributions, you're going to qualify for what's called a qualified charitable deduction or distribution. Um, you can take this qualified charitable distribution and deduct you're not deducting. You're really never adding that money to your income. So if my right. RMD, if my required distribution is $10,000 this year from my IRA, that means I have to take out 10000 add it to my income and pay taxes on that money. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm going to give to church, let's say, uh, let's say I give away 5000 a year to my church right. or, or, you know, $400 a month, 4800 bucks. I can, instead of taking my 10000 and paying taxes on it first and then giving it away, I could just uh, fill out a form that sends it directly to my church or charity for the $4,800 that I was going to give anyways. Right. And then it never hits my 
tax return. It never hits the bottom line on my tax return. Yeah, and it so satisfies have, part of your RMD, right? So you're yes. half, you're almost halfway in that scenario. You're almost halfway there. So yeah. So what happens then is the IRS says, yeah, that's okay if you gift it to a, uh, a an approved five hundred one c three charity or nonprofit organization then we will forgive that amount or you will have satisfied your RMD for that dollar amount that you gift directly from your IRA to a charity. Yeah. So it's a great win-win situation because the charity gets to use that full amount and you get to gift the full amount um, without having to pay income tax on it first yourself. So uh, definitely I use this strategy a lot with clients. Um, and if, if you're, you're not using wanted, this, yeah. mm-hmm. you should definitely uh, – Give us a call and look into it because this can save you a lot of money in taxes. And I always say it's the best way that we can kind of force the government to not not collect the tax that they were going to charge us anyways. So yeah, especially if you're charitably minded, right? So you get that chance to, to satisfy that personal itch, if you will, because that way you can give to charities. And again, to Matt's point, it has to be a qualified one. It can't be your cousin Fred's favorite charity. That, that's him, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and you can't give it to your kids that's and right. take the deduction. It's got to be a qualified 501c3. Right, right. I mean, you can gift money to family members, right? But that doesn't come off. You know, there's, you know, there's yeah. different little things there too. But to your point with the QCD, yes, it has to go to a qualified that's why it's right there in the title, right? Qualified charitable uh, deduction. So that's, that's, another, right. that's another great point. And that didn't change with the RMD age. It used to be tied. Like when they were all 70 and a half together, they were tied to each other, but they, they codified that part of it, Matt. So that while the RMD age is pushing back, the 70 and a half stayed the same. So you could start doing QCDs once you're 70 and a half. So that's right. Little tidbit. So. All right. Uh, next one, Matt, the uh, tax issues. Any tax issues, tax issues will show some love to small business owners, since you are one, uh, with starting a small or side business in retirement. Maybe you want a side hustle in retirement. Maybe you do. A lot of people <laughs> like, to, like to side hustle. And some of them are forced to. But um, sure. yeah, so if you own a small business or maybe you're thinking about, you know, you got a hobby and, and you can make a little money at it. Um, it doesn't hurt to start a, a small business. And there's a lot of things that you can take tax deductions for, um, for using for your business. Um, it, that goes for anything from, you know, sections of your household. You know, if you, if you utilize an office at home, um, you can talk to your accountant about writing off a certain percentage of your utilities and um, all of that, you know, that, that square footage of your house. Um, but also, you know, you can do things like, hey, if I got a, I got a, a couple that is a friend and uh, they, they uh, have a unique little business. He just retired, but they're keeping this business and they do some like laser engraving on collectible items. So what they do is they go up North and they'll visit a business. Uh, maybe it's a winery or maybe it's a hotel and they'll write off their trip because they customize a giveaway item and they take it to the business. Their, their hope is that the business will give them an order or a job to provide some of these things for their clients. But at the same time, they get to write off the mileage. They get to write off the cost of the hotel room. And, uh, you know, if they have to have a glass of wine or something while they're there, you know, that's a business expense. So (laughs) there's a lot of ways that you can write off business expenses um, when it comes to transportation and mileage. Again, you know, if if your child lives in another state, you might just say, hey, I might have to start a business uh, providing services for somebody in North Carolina. (laughs) Right, right. But I got to travel there, so I got to get there. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can creatively, um, you know, your business can't be a, a losing proposition. It's it's got to be something that's a legitimately recognized and you file a file a license to do. But some people can turn a hobby into a business or, 
hey, maybe you're just providing a service, you know, maybe you're a massage therapist who wants to retire. And if you go on vacation and you're, I, I think there's some rules to this, but if you, the travel day there and the travel day back can be um, travel, but then, you know, you, you just got to do business a, a couple of days while you're on vacation. And uh, there you go. All right. Well, let's do one more bonus one, Matt, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, what about like a, a resident situation? So can you create a tax problem for yourself by selling a primary residence and maybe uh, moving to renting or downsizing? We've seen folks being, you know, doing that the last couple of years as well. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of an interesting topic because um, as we talked about, a lot of people will move in their retirement uh, and that might be moving closer to family or something like that. Uh, so if you're selling your primary residence and you've lived there for what, two, I think the rule is two out of the last five years, you can realize capital gains, I believe, and and I have not looked at the rule on this in recent, let's say the recent two years, but you could, you can, um, each person can realize like $250,000 of capital gains. You know, so if you're selling your primary residence, there's a good chance we're not going to have any tax situations. But if you sell that cottage that is a highly appreciated or maybe passed down through the family, um, grandpa built it and you guys uh, inherited it and now you're going to sell it. You know, that cottage on the water that used to be worth $50,000 is now worth $500,000. Uh, yeah, you could put yourself into a big tax situation. So definitely I um, want to call your advisor on that. Definitely give us a call and let's walk through the scenario because. Um, some people will just not think about this and this can impact lots of other areas if we have suddenly have to pay a lot of taxes on that sale of the property. So your primary residence, not so much, but it, it, it could be impacted if you had enough gain there or if you haven't lived there long enough. Um, but oftentimes, you know, that extra land that you had or the cottage that you have, if you get rid of those you might you might pay some tax consequences there. All right. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us here as we talk about some top tax questions for retirees. If you've got some questions, need some help, definitely reach out to Matt. As he says, he, he helps folks with a lot of these pieces whenever he's putting things together, but he also can help you with referrals to CPAs and just working together with uh, folks to make sure we're being as tax efficient as possible. So don't forget to subscribe to us on Mondays with Matt on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever podcasting platform you like to use. You can find all that information at Matt's website, GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. You can click on the podcast page from there. And there's other good tools, tips, and resources at the website, GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Matt, thanks for hanging out, my friend. Anything else before we go? No, not too much. Just want to say thank everybody for listening and um, all Hey, if you got somebody that um, you know is in one of the situations we're talking about, um, we'd love for you to share this information with them. So um, send them an email with a link or uh, let them know to search up Mondays with Matt and uh, start start listening to the podcast. Sign up for our email. We'd love to be in your inbox as well. So thanks thanks go. for listening. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can find that you know, the uh, info and in the, in the get the email newsletters there. Stop by the website. Again, a lot of good tools, tips, and resources there. Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. We'll see you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.